Welcome to the Rediscovering Your Creative Self podcast, where you get a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation for your creative practice. Taking risks. We all start out creative, but somehow along our pursuit of art as a discipline, we somehow get sidetracked. It almost seems that the more we learn, the more we realize how much we don't know. And that darn inner critic comes out in full force. I see this quite often in my undergraduate students. They come to school with lots of creative energy and expression. And as they move deeper into their study, into their training, the more they realize where their work falls into this sort of grander, more global sense of the art and design world. And then this is when they tend to close up and they stop taking risks. You know, I had a, um, a great teacher, Dave Pasolacqua, when I was in my master's program. And he once said, you know, art isn't like medicine. You're not gonna kill a guy on the table. In other words, in medicine, as a surgeon, you can't take risks. That's serious business. But in art, nothing's going to happen if you take a risk. So why not take a risk? And I think that's where I see, um, you know, anytime I come to that sort of place uh, when I'm working on something, I think about that quote. I think about what David said. The guy's not going to die on the table. And I always makes me laugh. There's another friend of mine, Hall of Fame illustrator and artist, Baron Story. In an interview once, he said, if you're bored with what you're working on, what you're putting into your work is boredom. You have to find a way to re-engage yourself, to make it interesting, to make you connected with your work once again. Otherwise, all you're doing is continuing the boredom and the peace. So both of those scenarios are really about taking a risk, pushing through, moving forward. You know, uh, in art and in creativity, there's really two aspects. There's the raw and emotional, intuitive aspect of art. And then there is this more technical aspect, which we could actually call craft. Now, technique and execution, they're important, but they shouldn't overtake that initial playful impulse that we all have, that we've always had, and that we need as artists. You know, it reminds me when I was younger and I wanted to go get my license, my dad said, well, you can't go get your license unless you can show me how to drive a stick shift car and not let it roll back on a hill in parallel park at the same time. I was the, the oldest <laughs> in my family. So when you're, you know, driving a shift car, you have to think about putting your foot on the clutch in just the right way. You got to shift gears. You got to use the brake. There's a lot of things to think about. That reminds me very much so of how, when you're first learning art, you're thinking about color, composition, this, that. 
And then, you know, how you use your brush and, you know, what kind of brush and, you know, oh, there's different papers. You know, I mean, there's so much information that you can't just drive. You have to learn all these technical things. And at the time, when I was learning the stick shift, it almost seemed overwhelming to the point where you don't think I'll ever be able to drive a car with a stick shift. But what happens is if you practice at it, the technique fades in the background. Like in other words, all those technical things that you have to learn, they fade away. And all you're doing is driving. And there's a credible freedom in that, right? So you have to have faith that your artistic process will eventually evolve and grow in time with practice to do it every day. The more you do it, the more hours you put in, the easier it's going to be. You can't do it without practice. So you just have to do it. Don't allow yourself to be intimidated or stop yourself because of craft, technique, design, composition, color, all of those things in your work. They will come. They will come. Sometimes you'll be focused on composition for a while. Other times you're trying to make your color better. Other times you're trying to focus on technique or a different style. Everything, you will eventually plow down those fields one at a time. Sometimes simultaneously. So instead of worrying about, you know, so many things with all those technical aspects, just learn those, practice those so that you feel comfortable so that you can just drive. Technique is something that we learn from. But don't allow it to become this overpowering, overbearing element that literally paralyzes you from either one beginning at all, okay, or two pushing forward. So your emotional aspect, your intent, the meaning behind your art, your connectivity, how you feel, your process internally, those things should transcend these mechanical elements of art. Because if you look at art that's merely mechanical, it doesn't have emotion to it. It lacks that human ability to connect with another human, to talk to another human being. Don't lose that magic that's part of the art because you're trying to make something, quote unquote, perfect. So often when I'm working on something, I will make design and compositional um, aesthetic choices. Because when I was putting down that initial gesture, that initial energy, that initial dance that I had with the brush looked so interesting to me. I was so connected to it that I'm not going to lose that part because I know that when I'm actually designing, that wouldn't work in 3D space. In other words, is it in front? Is it behind? I don't care. It looks good. It feels right. Design feels good. The color feels good. Does it make sense? In reality, I don't care. Maybe that's what I'm drawn to more fantastical works is that I don't care if it makes sense in reality. I 
I am not creating a three-dimensional schema of somebody's going to build something of my creation in real life. My painting is about the feeling and not necessarily about could this really be a functional thing in reality? It's a completely different kind of aspect. So the meaning should transcend these more mechanical, technical elements of art. Because those are the things that eventually, ultimately move people. When we have, you know, these moments where magic sparks, why should we cover them up with things because we feel like, oh, it it's not super, you know, it, it goes beyond these other technical things that I've learned. Does it make sense to do that? And you'll learn a lot through art history that will uh, help to give you other artists in your camp, okay, that have done that. The surrealists, you know, the romantics, the, the all of the other uh, artists that see content. Okay, over technical execution or combine both of those things in a very unique way. Make choices about those in a very unique way. In my book, Experimental Painting, um, the introduction that I wrote was really all about this importance of play because play is when our magic part comes out, right? We're just exploring and letting things go. Um you know, as a society, we seem so result-driven. I think even more so here in the States. I believe from an early age in kindergarten, that results-driven, test-driven mindset has changed our consciousness. It creates a certain amount of fear to even attempt new things without set expectations. Don't even bother working in your sketchbook if you're not going to use it. That's a silly, crazy thing. That's like saying to an athlete, don't even bother training because it won't, you know, it's not a race. It's not a competition. But we all know that unless you train as, a, as an athlete and put all those hours of practice in, you're never going to be good in the race. So everything works as a whole. It's meant to do something. To be truly creative, we can't put that kind of pressure on ourselves because it's going to overtake that childlike part of us that just wants to be expressive. I've always believed that if the magic's going to happen in our art, it's going to happen when we simply just let go. So in your work, take risks. Nobody's going to die on the table, okay? And if you can use that in your in your head, I always love humor, especially when it comes to the inner critic. If you can use Dave Pasolacqua's statement in your mind, I'm letting you use it. Go ahead and use it. What are you really risking? Obviously, you've gotten to a point where your work, where you don't really like it, because if you liked it, you'd keep going. Or Barron's Dory's aspect of if you're bored with the work, what are you going to do? Keep moving and forcing yourself to be bored? Find some other way to re-engage. Take a risk. When we take risks, we learn something. And when we learn something, we 
give ourselves the opportunity to move forward with our own work. So when you have those moments, when the inner critic takes charge, visualize yourself as this flickering flame that's within. Like picture that burning passion, that desire to want to grow with your work. Focus on that instead of the fear that the inner critic is kind of conjuring in your mind. Because when we focus on that inner flame, that passion that's within, we are able to burn down those walls of self-doubt. And the fear that may come as a result goes away. Because the desire to want to be better is stronger than the fear of moving forward. So with that, have a wonderful week. And as always, create from the heart. This audio series is part of my Navigating the Labyrinth of the Creative Mind Patreon endeavor. The site uniquely intermixes self-reflection and personal storytelling with exploratory mixed media techniques and expressive approaches to art making, elevating the creative consciousness and guiding each person on his or her own path to discovering the creative spark that resides within. Check us out at www.patreon.com slash Lisa L. Sear. And that's spelled C-Y-R.